Welcome to Recommended Daily Dose, recording live from Holy Name Medical Center. I am Dr. Clinton Coleman, along with my esteemed colleague, Dr. Surid Sugger. Glad to be here. You're listening to Recommended Daily Dose with Drs. Clinton Coleman and Surid Sugger, the not so average health show with a unique spin on what's making headlines in healthcare. Happy Post Memorial Day. How was your Memorial Day? What, what did you do? I worked. You worked. My question is, why is Memorial Day like the onset of summer? It's not summer. is not after Memorial Day. It's actually we have like two more weeks, I think, of uh, rainy Jersey spring before we. I get guess to the weather's nice and stuff. But it's a traditional kickoff, yeah. So, but, but part of it was that I thought felt summery was when I was uh, changing my clothes. So you know, I put away my summer clothes, right. and then I bring it back when the summer. And I found these little red shorts that I bought when I had a thirty-eight-year-old body. Oh. So the, they're not exactly speedos, <laughs> but they're like the the European shorts. You know, the visual is already getting to me here, so... Uh, so I'm 40 now, so they're, right. they're, you know, so, they're no good. Oh, you already, you've already I, got I think I might break them out then. for you when you get a pool. Excellent, excellent. Oh, yes, I, that, that's exciting. Oh, speaking of pools, speaking of summer, I think today we should probably focus on some summer health topics. What do you think? Definitely. Yeah. Um, to start, but what's your favorite summer song that comes oh, to mind? Summer. You know, when I think of summer, I think of that Will Smith song. Oh, me too. See? Wow. Oh, we are two peas in a pot. Summer, I thought you were going to say something like Aerosmith or Green oh, Day. Listen, you know I, uh, I have a very vast musical interest. And uh, Summertime, you know, uh, West Philadelphia, right? You know, born and Raised. Born and Raised, all right. Well, that's a different song, but that's, that's, we're, on the, we're on the right track. We everyone, want everyone to enjoy their summers. But you know what? Unfortunately, uh, there are always concerns related to summer and summertime. Right, so when I think of summer, the first thing that comes to my mind is Legionella, right? It's the first thing, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's Legionella, then watermelon, right. and then barbecue. All right. So... Also, there was a few deaths in uh, New Jersey. There has been a large outbreak of something called Legionnaire's disease. Are you aware of... You're the expert. Walk us through this. Let me walk you through it. Walk us through this. You know, they call it Legionnaire's disease uh, because it was first... uh, First outbreak was actually uh, during a Legionnaire's convention in Philadelphia in the mid-1970s. So that's where the name stuck. All right. So this is a bacteria associated with water. So why do you think this always seems to happen in the summer times? Water, water, cooling stations, and you guessed it. Oh, you are smart. You're not just all looks. So this is the issue that whenever we seem uh, to have hot days, people turn their air conditioner, especially wall units, older air conditioned units, we seem to have these outbreaks of this bacteria called Legionella. Uh, It causes Legionella pneumonia. It causes Legionnaire's disease. Uh, But the reality is that this oftentimes uh, does happen in older buildings. We see it in urban settings. We see people who have older air conditioning units, sometimes the wall units opposed to the central air. And, you know, it's a problem. Is it more commercial or residential? It it can happen in commercial. Although it seems always in our area happen in older apartment buildings. Uh, Think South Bronx. Think uh, uh, Queens. Think older buildings, uh, multi-dwellers. And they are getting sick with pneumonia. So it's something that we as physicians, I tell medical students, et cetera, to always consider that differential. And right now there's an outbreak actually in Union County. In but New I thought Jersey. Legionella was common. Like it's in, can't you just find it in regular drinking water? You know, or? you can't get it from drinking uh, water. You can't get it from other people who have it. But what happens is these. No, but it's in it. It's in it, but it has, to, it has to be aerosolized. So, I mean, and then once it's aerosolized, inhaled by somebody. And if we need another reason to smoke here, not to smoke, here it is. I mean, it usually affects those who are older and actually has a predilection. That means it has a special affinity for those who smoke. 
So those who are smoking, older, other chronic conditions, oftentimes are the ones who are most affected. And listen, this can be uh, very serious. And we've seen cases actually here at Holy Name Medical Center. We've seen cases coming from Teaneck. So it's something we always have to be aware about. I'm assuming it's rare because they said five people. I mean, that's... And they actually, call that an outbreak? Well, actually, it was more than 20 people well, affected. Well, five people died. Yeah, five, okay. which is actually, if you think about it, 20%. That's a, lot. That's a high case fatality rate. In yes. one city or county, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So whenever we see these cases, we always notify uh, the public health uh, uh, board. We always do investigations trying to figure out what is the source of the outbreak. Is it a water cooling station? Is it an individual air conditioner? What have you. Could be a house. Could be an apartment. Uh, but it's something we always have to look at. And uh, last thing I'll leave you with that we always tell our med students, Legionella causes legions of problems. So not just pneumonia. It can cause GI upset. Diarrhea. And since you're a renal man, it can cause hyponatremia, which wow. means low sodium. So you like that? Not really. Not really. All right. Um, also, during the summer, you know, the temperature increases, <laughs> right? So you're worried about dehydration. It's very profound. Heat exhaustion. Right. Stroke, right? So... Um, you get the proportional risk of dehydration with the temperature increases because you have water loss from, That's right. you know, insensible losses, which means, you know, losing water by air or, or sweat. Um, so this, this, you know, why don't you walk us through this? Because this is your forte with all these electrolytes and sodium and potassium. So what are the thoughts there? What, what's I the think best you're, way? you're losing water because the temperature rises. So right. you just have to maintain that, uh, that balance. So drink enough water, especially when the water, when the weather gets warm. Um, and if you're outside doing work or playing sports, to take breaks. Um, and then, you know, common sense says avoid extreme temperature. So if it's hot outside, you try to stay inside as much as you can. But listen, my kid, you know, I'm telling him, hey, drink some water. He always, Dad, I want uh, that red drink, that purple drink, you know, that sports aid drink. So what are your thoughts on electrolytes drinks? I mean, is it really necessary? Are you better off drinking water with some salt? Are you better off just drinking water? Water is the best option if, right. you know, the the problem with the 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 sports drink, drinks, sports drinks is they're, they're yeah. full of sugar, too, right? right? So um, the electrolyte part of it is good because you do lose sodium, chloride, you know, magnesium, potassium. But, um, you know, you can get that from, from eating. Mm. Um, but, you know, these, these sports drinks have a lot of sugar in it. So you can actually become more dehydrated by taking more right. uh, of these water drinks. But and, uh, water, obviously, is the best. And uh, what about iced coffee? Probably not the best idea. Probably not, yeah. yeah. You know, so it's not just those playing sports. Uh, I think there was something in the news coming out of Indonesia, right, where there was a, 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 a voting uh, uh, and ballots being counted. Right. So they had their the single most um, populous, I guess, the biggest election day ever in is the that, world. Is that right? So 192 million people voted. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and say that uh, there was recently an election in India. So are you, we, we're going to have to double check if that was the biggest. World's singest biggest election day. India, may, it may be bigger, but all right, to be determined. Well, no, who, people who actually voted. So I don't know if everyone in India voted. I think out of a billion, they, they almost 800 a million. But maybe it was over several days. So you're saying this is one day. Right, and they had 300 people and to that, manually count by hand All those ballots. votes. So these people are being overworked right. in a tropical country. What happened? So, you know, they're working in extreme temperatures right. for long periods of time. So almost, I think, 290, 270 people actually died. Incredible. That, that's, that, that's tragic. You know, right. Of course. So, so take-home messages not to count ballots. Not to count ballots or drink water while you're drinking. Or, yeah. But, you know, I mean, of course, the key is here, obviously, is that uh, no matter what kind of medicine we're doing, we see the increased uh, emissions because of dehydration. That can lead to other things, right? It can lead to patients... Uh, uh, even uh, becoming hypovolemic, low volume, and maybe developing heart attacks and strokes and other things. So it certainly is very important uh, 
uh, uh, for us and then listeners out there to just remember that uh, this is a major issue and that uh, you know people don't, oftentimes don't stop and think, do I, how much water do I need? How much water am I losing, et cetera? Right. If you're thirsty, drink. Your, your body has a good mechanism for determining when you're dehydrated. So you get thirsty. And the, your mouth gets dry. Right. Your skin gets dry and you drink. So there's nothing you know, magical about a certain amount of two liters or half a gallon per day. So but just, that's that's pretty much based on how much water you lose on a daily basis. So basically, if you're thirsty, drink. If that's you're thirsty, it. drink. Right. And if it's hotter, drink a little bit more. And so. I think I, you know, since we are in New Jersey uh, and we have humid, hot summers, I mean, I think we also have to take into account the heat index, right? You add the heat and you add the humidity on top of that. So the higher humidity, I don't know about you, but I sweat a lot. So that's even more of an issue to take uh, into account. All right. So moving along, this this is actually kind of uh, not very fun so far. But hopefully, we can get to something more fun later. But now we're talking about what accidents. Dealing with summertime? Yes. During the summer, you know, the number of accidents increases, obviously, because people are out. They're on their, in their cars. They're on their bikes, ATVs, motorcycles. Skateboards. Right. And then there's alcohol-related accidents. People at, you know, barbecues, picnics, drinking. Right. Um, so those are some of the things to keep in mind. Um, but, you know, I wanted to focus on swimming because, you know, we're both getting pools, right? Listen, uh, this I'm is... going to bring my Speedos to your... Your pool. Uh, we have a uh, below-the-knee uh, minimum uh, for all men coming into <laughs> our pool. But you are absolutely right. I mean, you know, and this is tragic. Uh, second leading cause of death for children ages 1 to 14. And that's is, cr- I didn't realize it was that high. No, or kids that old, right? So right. if we dissect this a little bit um, and see, then we talk about what we can do about it. Obviously, older kids, uh, unfortunately, oftentimes alcohol can be a factor. Uh, as well as maybe just um, uh, being a little bit uh, prone to taking risks, so right. jumping. So this in. is drowning, though I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it can involve things like uh, flipping off the side of a pool right. too shallow, right? Running when the, running the, when and then slipping, wet. hitting your head, et cetera. Exactly. Um, and then younger children, obviously. Uh, you know, we talk about not just pools, but bathtubs, kiddie pools. I mean, this can happen in an instance, um, tragically. Uh, if parents or other uh, caregivers look away for a very short period of time, so. You know, one thing they're actually recommending in, in the, the American Academy of Pediatrics is uh, starting swim lessons as early as six to eight months of age, just having kids with their parents. So in before the they can walk. Yeah, absolutely. Just having them, because really, if you think about it, uh, it's almost like a natural environment for them. So having them feel comfortable very early you mean on. the chlorine? Uh, not so much the chlorine. Okay. I meant more the, the warm uh, liquid, it. but, uh, you know, chlorine, <laughs> it, well, it really depends what's going on. But no. Or salt. Yeah, salt or water. Yeah. Salt water, yeah. But if kids really is a natural environment, they feel comfortable, even just feeling being in there with their parents, uh, you know, just starting swim lessons, uh, you know, a very basic issue there, and then helping them develop those skills as they get older really right. can make a big difference in a lot of these tragic things that we see. And also there's a fallacy that if you can swim, you can't drown too. So, you know, there's, you know, people tend to swim to the, to the point of exhaustion. Correct. And then get tired and, you know. They so may swim out from the, let's say we're talking about uh, beaches. Ocean. Ocean. They may swim out, no problem. Right. And then, you know, this is a common thing. And I grew up uh, near Ocean City, Maryland, so I'm going to give a little shout out to my old hometown. But, you know, people swim out and then what happens? They try to swim back in and. They I'm can't. Sure they can't. And why is that? What's usually the reason for that? The riptide or yeah, the current? A, it's or? A, no, it's, a, well, either or, but riptides are a major killer in oceans, right? So. And people get really freaked out. They say, oh, my God, I'm swimming. I can't, I can't uh, get back to shore. They swim even more vigorously. They tire out. And what happens is you have these channels, narrow channels of water rushing back uh, from the shore. And there's no way you can fight it. So I think it's worthwhile to talk about for a minute uh, how to handle that. Any thoughts? I have no idea. I, I try you, to avoid oceans. You avoid oceans? I don't like huh? sand between my toes. So you just like to stay in the air conditioning? I'll go to a pool. 
Oh, and I don't like hot, wet, like being really hot, uncomfortable. No, I'm with That's you on that. Me. But if I'm hot, I need to be in a pool or an ocean. But listen, plenty of people go to the ocean, right? We have the Jersey Shore, the Maryland Shore. We have up in the shores all around us, Long Island, et cetera. So all right, so say I'm swimming. You are swimming. In my, my European shorts. And, and I right. get caught in a riptide. So you're waving me, to me to shore, um, you know, eating some popcorn. Is it a cool you. wave or is it like? What you need to do is swim parallel to shore. Right, so that riptide, even though it's so strong and it's coming out from the shore, so back explain what parallel is. So along the shore, exactly. Okay. Not, not, don't go perpendicular. Okay, right towards or towards away the from. shore. Just go parallel to the shore because that riptide, as strong as it is, is relatively narrow. So but you know, I'm trying to get to the land, right? Right. So what you need to do is go straight and hang a left, like a 90 degree angle. Hang a left. Okay. Right. So straight, hang a left. Unless you're on the west coast, you go straight and hang a right. Got it. I hope you. I hope you're following. It's confusing. Yeah. All right. It's actually really not. Swim parallel to the shore. Okay. Uh, let's say. 50 yards by surely by that time, because most riptides are not that wide, 50 yards or less, maybe even 25 yards, and then hang a left towards the shore. You'll actually be better off just floating and not fight, you know, and then some, some people, why do they want to get back to the shore? They're saying, my gosh, I'm so far out. Right. And it can be scary, and right? they panic, yeah. They, and they panic. You have to relax. You have to remain calm. Just let yourself swim or even float out of the riptide and then swim back to shore. And this is why I don't go to the ocean. It's just so scary. Like, is there a shark or jellyfish and riptides? Well, first of all, shark, that's our natural habitat, but that's something that you, you should always pay attention to if there's sharks in your area. All right, fine. All right, so, I'm getting depressed about the summer. Um, well, but this is something that's important. I think uh, it's important that we mention it. So moving along to more fun topics, what do we have? Um, so, you know, also common sense, I think. You know, when the weather is hot, the risk for sunburn, skin cancer increases. So, you know, that, it's been a lot in the news about this, but the main take-home point is to you know, avoid direct sun exposure if possible. So that old 10 to 2 or 12 to 4 uh, main type, you know, part of the day right. where the sun's in the right. highest rent. Um, you know, wear protective clothing. If you're out in the sun, wear a hat or, you know, something. So let me ask you a question. When you go swimming, uh, are you just wearing your European Speedos or are you wearing a rash guard a with built-in sunscreen? Yeah. Are you wearing the shirts like, uh, you know, my, uh, my son used to when he was three and four years of age? Go ahead. Admit it here on, on, on the podcast. Yes, yes. And then sunscreen, right? So there's been some controversy about sunscreen. Um, FDA recently reviewed all of this. Okay. I think um, we, I talked about it on the news, but um, you know, up to 60% of the sunscreens that they reviewed either didn't work or had some you know, bad chemicals in it. Um, so how do you know you're getting the right sunscreen? So actually on the FDA website, they have a list of certain, of certain brands, the, the ingredients, not, not the brands, but the ingredients you should avoid. So okay. it's ones that are absorbed into the skin. They don't know directly if it's related to any, any bad things, but they did find the chemicals are, in, in your blood 24 si hours after you applied it. And so is, really there's no reason to be having systemic means absorption into exactly. the bloodstream. Whether right? it's harmful or not, we right, don't know. Right. But, um, so they recommend um, sunscreens that contain chemicals that aren't absorbed, like uh, zinc ox oxide is, is one of them. Okay. Um, but I think my favorite part of summer is, is the barbecue part of it. Oh, right? now we're, are we getting to something fun now? I'm, I'm hoping. Or is there something we have to talk about here in terms of how to make sure our barbecues are safe? Well, let's, let's get the, the painful part out of the way, though, right? So, you know, there's some things that we can do to be safe when we're barbecuing um, as, far as, as far as the cooking and eating aspect. So, so a lot of people, they like to get out there. They throw some barbecue sauce on. They grill it. They like those dark black char lines. Right. Uh, now, that may not be the best idea. Is that right? Right. So there's certain things as far as grilling that you want to keep an eye on. So 
the, the crust, the blackened char. Char, right. Um, you know, that has these carcinogens, these cancer-causing uh, chemicals. Okay, right. Um, that, that's caused when meat is cooked at extremely high temperatures. You know, so. I think they're called heterocyclic amines, in case you were wondering, for your, ah, for, your H- next, for your next cocktail. H-C-A, for your next cocktail party, that's right. But also when you're grilling, you know, the smoke that you, you right. feel in your clothes and your smell, that's also maybe in your lungs. Mm. And those contain other uh, cancer-causing uh, agents uh, that can damage the lungs. So, you know... At the end, we'll go over some things to to do to avoid those uh, those exposures. But you know, just keep in mind when you're grilling something and the char and the smoke, you know that's not the the healthiest thing. Um, but also hygiene, right? So when you go to barbecues, I really don't see anybody washing their hands and they're touching the meat and they're right. touching their hair and they're drinking a beer and they're shaking hands. Um, you know, when I open up my grill, I got the same. Uh, grill brush right that i may or may not have washed or with the garden holes and not only that but most of his grill brushes have those like metal long right. fibers and as you know that can be a major issue but i'm assuming it's clean since it's on high heat and right. probably sterilized but what do you think you think there's some bacteria in it well i think if you get it to a high enough temperature you know if you what i usually recommend i tell people is like using the grill for the first time or even after uh, previous uses is just turning it up to 400 degrees kind of burning off everything uh all the old stuff and then scrubbing it but you know the key is you're scrubbing with these brushes, usually these kind of metal brushes uh, with long, uh, long uh, uh, fibers. Those fibers actually can get stuck in the food if left and actually ingested, and that can cause big problems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's something you actually need to be concerned about uh, that to make sure and inspect the surface of the grill, the grates prior to putting food on, making sure there's none of those residual fibers uh, that are left over. But, you know, you're right. Most people are not um, uh, washing their hands on a regular basis while handling the meat. And this really leads us to the next point. They also put, put, uh, put, they also put and put the... Put uh, and put, right. Put and put after you. I, I agree. You don't clean. You put the uh, uncooked food oh, that's in the, the same worst. pan as the cooked food. So, you know, people proudly bring out their food that's been, uh, let's say, been marinating, whatever. They put it onto the marinating grill. Marinating overnight, which is bad. I'll tell you why. Oh, tell me, you tell me why. But... But the problem is that was all raw meat and raw and liquid touching raw meat. They put the food in, and when they put it back, they put it back in the same tray. That's a big, big... So it's contaminated again. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's a good segue, actually, into uh, food safety. Right. So you're the meat expert. I am not the meat expert, uh, but I am... uh, I like to consider myself the infectious disease expert. Ah. So let's go through that, because I think if anyone's read a magazine, watched some TV recently, we've heard a lot about, what, E. coli in the news, right? Vegetables, fruits, and especially meat. We've heard about meat contaminated with plastics, metal, et cetera. But, you know, the big thing we're talking about and we hear about is ground meat, especially ground beef. So any ideas why we're pick, uh, picking on hamburgers in particular? I'm not a hamburger guy. I actually don't eat any hamburgers. But uh, I know you enjoy a good burger every now and then. Well, I used to until all this news came out about the all processing right. of the meat. and. So think about so it. You know, here, I have a question for you. You're absolutely right. If you eat a uh, grilled chicken breast... Uh, it comes from one chicken. You eat a steak, it comes from one cow. Believe it or not, you buy a couple pounds of uh, ground meat, ground beef in the grocery store. It comes from one cow. comes from possibly 400. Word. Word up, yes. 400 different cows. So I, you know, that, that, just, just let that number sink in for a minute. And if you think about the corporate industrialized farming that we have in this country, right? In all countries. You have cows that are unfortunately in close quarters. They have and uh, you know, no one wants to think about this fecal contamination, yeah. et cetera. If you have multiple animals contributing to one pound or two pounds of ground meat and you know, 10 patties, that's a multiple uh, possibilities for contamination of food. And how do, it makes it hard to track these contaminants. Uh, yeah, and then if you go 
I don't know if you've ever been to a slaughterhouse like on a weekend, just if you're, you want know, to, you not know, not for a vacation, whatever, but you know, these are inherently dirty. Well, so, next birthday, I think yeah, that's the... I'm going to take you. Um, <laughs> these are multi, you know, there's what the, the idea is that along this supply chain, this food chain, there, are, there exists multiple uh, avenues for contamination. And listen, the food industry is doing their best, but it's not always possible to eradicate that E. coli. So you have E. coli that's possibly contaminating the meat. Right now, people love to eat hamburgers. The reality is hamburgers are as American as baseball or uh, apple pie. Right. I like peach cobbler myself. But So what can we really do? And then you touched upon a little bit about marinating overnight. So what are your thoughts? I think we should just eat less meat. Well, that's a big one, and that's something that I would advocate. But we also have to look at the real, you know, what's realistic in the United States. And here's another stat that I like to throw out to you. The average American in 2018 ate 60 pounds of beef per person wow. per year. So I think telling, uh, you know, we can say, hey, don't eat beef, but that's, that's something that is uh, not necessarily realistic at this time. So really, we need to talk about steps we can take uh, to uh, make sure that this is a safer barbecue. Uh, so one thing is when you're cooking, do you use a meat thermometer? Not really. No. So do you have any idea what's the temperature that the internal uh, aspect of that burger needs to reach before what we call the kill step, before most bacteria, E. coli, Campylobacter, Salmonella are destroyed? It's written down somewhere or on Google. It's written down somewhere on Google. All right, so you're telling me you're using your dirty hands to uh, touch your phone afterwards? No, but I, I like my my hamburger well done so i know there's a temperature that correlates with that like i hate when i go to a barbecue and then like there's really red and almost frozen inside right and they look at you like you're crazy because you don't want to eat it but no ideally you're right you should be checking the temperature of you know each meat or protein has a different temperature so in general you're right so for beef ground beef in particular 106 degrees internal temperature is what we're looking at uh we call the kill step that ensures that all harmful bacteria uh, are destroyed now, how do most, you go to a barbecue, most people eyeball it, right? Everyone, you ask 10 different people, they have 10 different methodologies for yeah. how they know the burger's done. But the reality is that eyeballing method, it sizzles, it pops, whatever, is not reliable. You need to use a meat thermometer. Most people probably don't use one. If they use it, they don't use it uh, properly. But you want to ensure the internal temperature hits 160 degrees. Then you can be assured uh, that your burger is good to go. What you don't want to do is you don't necessarily want to have it medium uh, or rare. You don't want to sear the burger. You can sear your steak. It's only one cut from one animal. But right. ideally, you would not sear a burger and have it pink in the middle. Um, so these are important things to do. And like you mentioned, also the hand sanitization, keeping all food services clean, et cetera. Right. And also know. the preparation is important, too. So when you're, right. you take out your meat to thaw, it shouldn't be thawed on the counter or outside because that, you know, you know, makes bacteria grow more. Correct, right. So when you thaw it should, or marinate, it should be in the refrigerator. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, they also actually recommend using marinades and rubs because that can almost reduce um, carcinogens by 96%. Exactly, right. And that helps by you know reducing the fat that drips down, and that fat drips and makes more char. More char. More smoke. That's the big part of it, is that right. burning fat in the right. char. That's right. Another way to reduce that is to pre-cook your meat, which I don't think is it's realistic, realistic, right? especially if you're cooking in bulk. Um, but something that I do when I cook, mo mainly because it's a cleaner way to cook and it helps with the cleanup, is to put like some aluminum foil down so it reduces the fat that drips down in the, in the smoke. But, okay, right. Um, and also, you know, we, we eat a lot of meat, so I think an al a good alternative and healthy alternatives would be the grilled vegetables, right? So I'll the, tell you, you I don't have the, the char and the carcinogens from grilled vegetables as you do meat. No, I, is there anything better than grilled corn in the summertime? You tell me. I grill it in the stalk. You go, yes. So I make a mean grilled corn.
corn and a mojito. I know you, well, you know, kind of brag on your mojitos. My but. mojitos uh, actually have, uh, they're award-winning mojitos. Um, which, they, which award is this? Uh, it's an award I've given to myself okay. numerous times, yeah. Um, and by word of mouth. But I, so we're talking about uh, grilling vegetables. I just want to make a mention and a shout out that you can grill fruit also. I grill apricots. I grill watermelon. You put a little marinade on top. So there's actually a lot of inventive ways you can do uh, for food. I'm not suggesting that everyone uh, follows our lead necessarily and, and avoid red meat. That's just not realistic. But I think taking uh, these, these important and uh, relatively easy steps, right. you know, and then enjoy your burger, enjoy your mojito. Now, I have to ask, you know, I make my own simple syrup. I, so do I. I, I, own, I grow my own mint. Simple syrup is simple. It's it's one I, part water, one part sugar. But I have a little secret. And I grow my own mint. Okay. And I use freshly squeezed lime and lemon juice. Not that store-bought stuff that you use, I, I've heard. No, I got the lemons and I'm squeezing uh, and stuff. Is that right? Okay. I think we're going to have a mojito challenge. I, I think we should do that. And um, uh, stay tuned. Yeah. But uh, anything else you want to add? I think this is kind of a light, nice, fun, uh, uh, but, but timely. It's kind, of, kind of depressing. It's but depressing, but at the same time, we're, you know, these are important things we all need to think about. It's, it is summertime. Everyone wants to have a great time. Uh, but we have to take these uh, essential steps, whether it's uh, food safety, whether it's uh, accident, uh, uh, avoiding accidents, uh, pool and water safety. Uh, these are all important, easy and important things we need to do to ensure, you know. It'll help you enjoy the summer and more summers in the future. I look forward to coming over to your swimming pool. You, what are you wearing? Then, then below the knee. I'm wearing. Uh, I'm wearing my rash guards. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wearing a hat because, as uh, unfortunately, uh, as I lose my hair, I realize I have to put sunscreen. And the white zinc oxide on your nose. And sunglasses. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Baywatch. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, until uh, we have our mojito uh, drink off, the we. This is your host, Dr. Surad Sugger. Dr. Clinton Coleman. And uh, you can find us where? Where can you find us again? holynameorg slash recommended daily dose. You can also subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and where else? I guess uh, that's it. That's it. And we're coming from you to you from uh, Holy Name Medical Sarantina, New Jersey Weekly. We look forward to ha- talking to you next week. Until then, be well. Check out recent episodes and learn more about these two modern medicine men and their podcast at holynameorg slash recommended daily dose. <laughs>